Hello race fans and welcome to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. In this episode we're going to talk about today's action at ACI Rally Monza where we have been treated to a whole new prospect for modern day world rallying. Um, basically a single, single venue rally which is very much unusual for the World Rally Championship but actually what we've been treated to today has been truly fascinating before the crews head up into the mountains north of Milan tomorrow on Saturday. And what we saw today was all held within the confines of the uh, Autodromo Nazionale Monza circuit uh, and the surrounding support roads. Um, Who would have thought there were so many support roads around Monza circuit, but they're there. And of course, using the old um, traditional banking, uh, the original 1920s banking uh, built by the Automobile Club Milan at the time in reaction to um, Brooklands in the United Kingdom and Indianapolis in the United States. So what we saw today was, well, we knew it was always going to be tough for the crews, a, a single single venue or circuit rally, whatever you want to call it, with a lot of cones, a lot of uh, chicanes, a lot of handbrake turns, all that kind of stuff. Now that might seem, well, yeah, so what? But incredibly difficult, almost like an auto test in some places or auto crossing, if you, if you prefer, stateside. But it really started to get interesting when the drivers had to go off the racing circuit and into the access roads, many of which were completely rutted up with mud, some on wet grass, and some of the junctions incredibly tight as well. So as if that wasn't enough, the crews also had to put up with constant rainfall from the very moment they went out for the first stage at 7 o'clock this morning to just the the stages that have just finished a few moments ago uh, in the early evening in the dark. It has rained all day long and that has actually thrown up a number of different challenges so far. To summarise, what are we looking at in this particular rally? Well, it's all come down to a championship battle between Sebastian Oshie and Elvin Evans. And Elvin Evans leads the championship by 14 points heading into this final round, the seventh and final round of the World Rally Championship. And if Evans were to go on to win the World Rally Championship, he would be the third Briton ever to win the title, and he would also be the first ever Welshman to win a World Rally title. It's hard to imagine, isn't it, when you think Wales is such a rally-mad nation, uh, and obviously with Wales Rally GB being there for so many years, it's it's a, a, a nation where rallying is so, so important. So to see Elvin to go on to win would be really, really extraordinary. Of course, the last British champion was back in 2001 when Richard Burns won in the Subaru Impreza built by ProDrive in Banbury. And the reason why I bring up Richard Burns is because what Elvin Evans has done today out on the stages at Monza, in the most difficult of circumstances and under the most pressure, he 
his performances today reminded me so much of Richard Burns' approach to rallying. Very much a calculated approach, knowing exactly the number he needed to hit, knowing exactly what he needed to do, and doing no more and no less. And that was what made Richard Burns very special. He was not the flamboyant, wild, super, super fast, quick driver that Colin McRae was. They were completely contrasting characters uh, and very much successful in their own right. But Elvin Evans took definitely took a page out of the Richard, Bo- Richard Burns playbook today. Incredibly tricky. The driver's complaining all day about aqua playing, there's mud on the road, leaves on the road, low temperature, um, you know, everything thrown at the drivers and Elvin Evans. And of course, Elvin Evans, as the championship leader, was running first on the road. And... A number of the stages, because the rally has got such a big um, entry with lots of national rally cars taking part after the World Rally Championship guys go through the stage, the stage and a lot of the stages being repeated as well in one direction or another. And a lot of the times the stage would actually have to be delayed. The start would have to be delayed 10 or 15 minutes. And that left Elvin Evans sitting on the start line, the engine ticking over, having to switch it off, having to warm it back up again, trying to stop it getting too warm. Everything that could have been thrown at Elvin Evans today, he has handled fantastically. Um, and throughout the day, uh, he just continues to uh, to amaze me. But Sebastian Ogier, being the six-time world champion that he is, he has been right there and he has been quick today uh, indeed. But let's start off with stage one uh, today, which was stage two of the rally proper. Um, you know, just to get, summarize a couple of the comments from the drivers, Elvin Evans made his way through safely, not the quickest time. Uh, he was actually 10.3 seconds off the pace of an eventual stage winner, Danny Sordo. But interestingly, Elvin Evans actually actually had a small stall. You saw a lot of the drivers when they were coming down to the very, very tight hairpins and very, very tight junctions. You actually watched on some of the cars that are fitted with a camera on the driver's feet. Now, normally, the uh, the driver will left foot brake with their, uh, their, obviously, their left foot to the brake and their right foot for the accelerator. Normally, the clutch is left alone after the start um, because normally the drivers aren't quite at such low speed where the engine is in danger of stalling in first gear but that has been the case quite a lot today so you've seen a lot of drivers having to play about with the clutch to stop the car from stalling so Elvin had a bit of a, a bit of a stall earlier on in the first stage but managed to get through cleanly next on the road was his championship contender Sebastian Ogier and Sebastian Ogier on rain tyres now you might think yes duh that's obvious it's raining on rain tyres uh, the rain tyre actually turned out not to be enough throughout the day, so we'll come back to, to that one. But Sebastian Ogier on the rain tyre, like everybody else was at that point, um, actually had a huge hit to a, a, a bale and a fence post when there's one of the sections linking the, service, the two service roads together was on wet grass, and wet grass in with the with a you know a cut slick tire it's like driving on ice and and that was a lot of time what uh, was was happening today and Sebastian Ogier tiniest tiniest mistake and whack into this fence post with thankfully quite a soft forgiving um hay bale around it now Sebastian Ogier managed to recover get his way off to uh, to service every stage had a 15 minute short service so there was any damage there was 
could be sorted quite quickly. And I actually ended up lapping half a second quicker than Sebastian Ogier over, than Elvin Evans, sorry, over that stage. Now, third on the road, Thierry Neuville was not so lucky. Crashed into exactly the same fence that Sebastian Ogier did. However, Neuville went in at a bit more pace and actually got ploughed into the fence and actually got stuck in the fence. The car wouldn't start. He eventually got it to turn over and managed to drag it out. But, uh, you know, 22 seconds dropped and uh, that set the tone for uh, Thierry Neuville's day, which did not get any better. But one man who was really, really flying in the opening sector, the opening part of the opening stage of this morning, was Temo Sunanen in the uh, Ford Fiesta WRC. And there was a lot of a lot of comment about not only Temo Sunanen, but also uh, Etapeca Lapi's experience on tarmac and on karting and circuit rallying and things like that. Um, how relevant that is or not, hard to say. But uh, Temo Sunanen was absolutely flying until, unfortunately, his engine dropped a cylinder or possibly even two cylinders. And it sounded a bit more like a motocross bike than uh, than a full rally engine. And it was kind of the story from there that at each service, M Sport desperately tried to fix this issue, but eventually and had to pull out of the rally. A real shame because showing immense pace. And also, when you looked at how impressive his teammate has been all, all day, um, running up the top of the table for a, for most of the day, Esapek and Lappi, it shows you what might have been possible for Temo Sunanen. So it was on to, on to stage three, we saw Elvin Evans really, again, a, ma- a matter of survival because... When he's got 14 points of a championship lead in hand, he doesn't really need to get into heroics, really. Uh, he can't afford to dither around because simply the, the field is just too competitive to do that. He can't afford to drop the points. But he doesn't need to go absolutely flat out either. And we saw a number of drivers fall foul of that approach uh Today, you know, he commented a lot. There's a lot of standing water. He said it was even really difficult to keep the car in a straight line under power, which is quite a, an unnerving thought for a car with over 400 horsepower and the amount of uh, aerodynamic performance that it has uh, as well. But Evans' plight was nothing compared to Sebastian Ogier, who in this in stage three, the second of the day today, um, his about halfway through the stage, he went through a water. Well, I'm sure it was a a temporary water splash, or what we would call here in the UK as a puddle. And he went through a massive puddle, and this muddy water came up over the windscreen. And for whatever reason, now the cars do run heated windscreens. For whatever reasons, it either stopped working or something happened. The screen just messed it up straight away. And you know, we've all been there when we've been in a been in a rush to get to work in the morning, and you've. You've uh, cleared the um, cleared the frost off your windscreen, but the inside of it's still frosted up. And we've all been there, sort of driving along, trying to rub it off. Don't pretend you haven't. Um, and uh, that was what Sebastian Ogier had to do. And in a day where there was just pitfalls around every corner, concrete blocks at every chicane, you know, you had to be so, so precise all day long, no mistakes. And to have a completely messed it up windscreen, it, it boggles the mind. And yet, still 0.2 seconds quicker than Elvin Evans. And at this point, 
it looked like Elvin Evans was maybe in a bit of trouble because in both of the stages in the morning, Sebastian Ogier, his main rival, had hit problems at both times and gone quicker. So he thought, hmm, is Elvin maybe a wee bit off the pace here? But he was just playing the strategy game, being very, very smart, keeping the car in the straight and narrow. So that was uh, <laughs> that was that was that was stage three, but it wasn't done yet because, of course, uh, Tanak actually clipped the clipped the chicane concrete. Uh, I mean, today Oit Tanak was the man who was brushing every bit of stage furniture, the the plastic bollards, the concrete, everything was just missing them by millimeters all day. It's exceptional to to watch, but that full risk uh, did really it did it did cause him a few a few issues there and did drop quite a bit of time. In fact, uh, it dropped down to twenty three seconds away from the leader Lappy. Now, an interesting point about Cali Rovan Pera. Interesting on the uh, WRC's excellent all live coverage. They said that actually, uh, not that long ago, Cali Rovan Pera had actually done a single venue event, a circuit rally event at the Budapest at the uh, Hungarian Grand Prix circuit in Budapest, and uh, he did that. He did that in a in a Skoda Fabia R5, and that that relevant experience could be very very helpful uh, indeed, which was quite an interesting one uh, indeed. But it was on stage three. Uh, of the rally that ta- that uh, M Sport and Esapek and Lappi played the Joker because at the beginning of the rally we're talking about well, uh, talking about is it possible to run the soft slick tire for tarmac or to run the wet cut slick tire. So effectively, if you look at a road car tire, you'll see all the grooves in it. That's for clearing the water away. Um, and it was discussed whether if the tarmac was dry, you probably would have gone for the soft compound slick. But when it's wet, it's a little bit more tricky. Um, but that was what the, the consideration they had to make at the start of the rally. But that very quickly changed. And it was Esapeka Lapi and M Sport that changed that dynamic because all of a sudden, halfway through the stage, through stage three, we saw Lapi going through the stage and the little graphic comes up on the TV screen and it says, winter tires you think well why would you run winter tires well the winter tire that they have in the world rally championship it doesn't it's basically a a winter tire without the studs that they're full studs that they would get in sweden for example so basically it's like the rain tire but with a deeper tread in it it's got a deeper block in it so it can clear more moisture and of course clear the 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 snow in some cases as well and but obviously it's a very very soft compound to be able to generate the temperature and therefore the grip. But Esapekalapi played a blinder, put on the snow tyres, and he was absolutely flying. 9.7 seconds up on Neuville to go the quickest on the stage. If you looked at it at the end, the tyres were past their best to be to, you know, and he said, mm, we'll need to see how they're wearing. But of course, the drivers do have the opportunity to change tyres if they wish at the end of the stage. However, they do not have an unlimited allocation. In fact, they started the rally with eight, just not eight sets, eight winter tyres. And of course, don't forget, tomorrow the drivers all go north 
north of Milan up to the mountains near Lake Como where snow is expected. So as you can imagine, the winter tyres are going to be critical. Interestingly, just going into the final stage of the day today, the organisers announced that teams would be given two, not two sets, two tyres extra from their winter allocation for tomorrow. That is that was a re really interesting call from Esapekalapi, and that was where he really got a jump on his uh, really big jump of time on his competitors at that point. Because basically, on a lot of the muddy parts and the bits where there was hot, heavy standing water, Lappy's tyres were able to clear that water uh, away. And interestingly, M Sport, uh, M Sport Ford's team boss Rich Milner um, gave a quite interesting comment on the uh, on the the choice of tyre for Esapekalapi, their man. He said, "We've taken a bit of uh, a risk to get a buffer, and we'll worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, you know, we've only got eight that can be used in the rally. And what he was talking about there is that, you know, yes, they could use them today to gain an advantage, but of course." They're cutting into their allocation, which they might need tomorrow. And that's the big question. Will the teams need, will, will they absolutely need those winter tyres? Is it going to be snow up in the mountains tomorrow? Or is it going to be just heavy rain? That is the complete unknown. And that is the part of the strategy. Now, you know, for those that thought that, uh, a rally at just a single circuit venue was going to be basic and straightforward and boring. It's been anything but that. It's been a fascinating day of entertainment. Now, interestingly, heading into stage four, uh, the first of the afternoon loop, um, where actually part of the stage we saw the, the drivers going the wrong way through the Iscari chicane. I'm thinking, I recognise this, but it looks around the other. <laughs> it looks around the other way, and. We have to give a huge shout out to Andreas Mickelson. Now you might remember Andreas Mickelson, who used to drive for a number of years with uh, Citroen and then, well, with Volkswagen, then Citroen, then Hyundai. Um, and really his time at Hyundai did not yield the results that I think everyone expected, including Andreas particularly. And it really did harm his reputation in the World Rally Championship. But he's a very, very strong driver. Make no mistake about that. This is a man who was teammates with Sebastian Ogier and really acquitted himself rather well in comparison to the great Sebastian Ogier. But in a, in an, he, after stage three, was running in third overall in an R5 Skoda Fabia. So the R5 car, completely different machine. Uh, to the World Rally car. It's got nowhere near the same amount of aero. It's got about 100 less horsepower. Uh, it doesn't have all the fancy differentials. It doesn't have the fancy gearbox. I mean, there's everything on the World Rally car is so much more spaceship-like than the R5. Um, and But interestingly, Mickelson was running a Pirelli tyre rather than the Michelins that the World Rally guys were using. And one of the theories that was welcomed was that the Pirelli tyre might be performing particularly well in this uh, in this particular uh, in this particular event. Hard to say. Certainly, Mickelson was in his own world compared to his class rivals in WRC two uh, and WRC three that both run the same type of car. But really, really interesting there. Of course, the R five car is carries a slightly smaller footprint. 
Um, and also, it was a day where no matter what power you had, it was very difficult to put down. So possibly um, Andreas Mikkelsen using the absolute maximum of that car, which was really, really fascinating um, to watch. So it was into stage four, but stage four was very much short-lived following an accident for uh, Thierry Neuville where he thumped one of the concrete blocks out of chicane. Um, causing severe damage to his um, to his vehicle to the front right of the car, and then going when he was basically trying to limp it to the end of the stage, went through a, a small dip through a basically what had now become a water splash, flooded the engine and stopped, and of course stopped right in the middle of the road with virtually no room uh, to pass. The stage had to be stopped, and the drivers behind him were given a nominal stage time. So not necessarily much to. Uh, much to report from stage four. Stage five, however, the last stage in uh, in the daylight hours, uh, mid-afternoon today, was a, a little bit of a different story. Heading into the penultimate stage of the day, Esapeka Lapi held a 3.3 second advantage from Danny Sordo, a 20.1 second advantage from Ogier, and 23.1 from Elvin Evans. But Elvin Evans, uh, just just when he needed to, pulled out from the bag just that little bit of extra pace when required, setting in a time of 11 minutes, 56.6. You know, said, you know, it's still tricky, not a lot of change, but still doing what he needed to do. And Sebastian Ogier came through 3.1 seconds quicker uh, than Elvin Evans, but wasn't pulling massive chunks of time out of Elvin Evans. Elvin was just doing what he needed to do. He doesn't actually need to beat Sebastian Ogier uh, by Sunday. He just needs to basically be in his shadow. He can finish a position or two behind, and that will be enough to win the World Rally Championship. Interestingly for, for Roy Tanak, he had a similar issue uh, that he had in a previous stage, a very, very small sort of walking pace accident where he hit a fence post, but and that really and had to stop twice with an engine stalling uh, and lost over five seconds to uh, to Ogier. But the man that really needs a, a proper shout out to for both stage five and stage six is Takamoto Katsuta. Now Takamoto won uh, the uh, Swedish rally a couple of years ago in 2018. Uh, at the wheel of a Fiesta R5, but it's always been backed by the Toyota factory. Um, and of course, being Japanese, there's, there's obviously a, a strong connection there. But uh, Takamoto Katsuta has been, the, this entire season, been working away trying to get his head around the monstrous world rally cars that we have today. A world rally car in any era has always been a big jump, but right now they are a serious jump to, to come up to. Um, but Taka has been going about it the right way, desperately trying to just keep it keep, keep it on the road and try to, to learn as much as possible. But unfortunately, this as we mentioned on the show yesterday, the smallest of mistakes was enough to end Takamoto's rally, and certainly competitively anyway, just a, a, you know, just slid into the wall and actually ended up cracking a brake disc and breaking the drive shaft from what was a relatively slow speed impact. So he was actually quite unlucky as far as that was concerned to get such severe damage from quite a slow speed accident. And <laughs> apparently 10 or 15 other cars in the national category behind him did exactly the same thing. So today, Takamoto came out... Um, 
with a 10-minute Rally 2 penalty. So comes back into the running, 10-minute penalty, and can restart the uh, the rally. Uh, so that's what he did. And in Stage 5 and Stage 6, the two, I would say, the most difficult stages of the day with the incredible amount of rain and Stage 6 running in full darkness as well. On Stage 5, he was fourth quickest, just four seconds, from Sebastian Ogier, six-time world champion Sebastian Ogier. Then, in the pitch dark, on the final stage of the day today, he was second quickest, just two-tenths of a second off the now rally leader, Danny Sordo. Now, you can imagine the confidence sapping nature of an incident like that you're two or three kilometers into a rally and you make a little mistake and you're punished severely he must have really struggled to get to sleep last night because that must have been really tough and i'm sure he would have probably been given a bit of a ticking off from the team boss when he got back from tommy Markinen. but takamoto katsuta has come out today put that behind him and done a mega job and really really deserves a lot of credit for that. And to, to finish second quickest in the dark, you know, ahead of Esapekalapi, Sebastian Ogier, Elvin Evans, Oit Tanak, Kali Rovan Perra, and so on. Absolutely extraordinary. Brilliant, brilliant job from um, Takamoto Katsuta. But in that final stage of the day, in the dark, this was where the risk was at its, at its highest. Huge amount of rain, Obviously, visibility very poor, and you know the amount of standing water absolutely extraordinary. But Elvin Evans did exactly what he needed to do to to confirm and to maintain his position in the rally where he needs to be. He was uh, a second quicker than uh, than Sebastian Ogier and quicker than Esapekalapi, the rally leader, going into the stage. So, absolutely on the pace and exactly where he needs to be. But as we said, tomorrow when we go up to the mountains, onto the full length stages, on snow, ice, rain, whatever we're going to get, that is where the big chunks of time are going to come and go. But everything that Elvin Evans showed today at the, the stages at Monza, done a fantastic job. And you, I cannot comprehend the pressure that he must be under, um, not mainly from himself, to be able to beat Sebastian Ogier six times a world champion we can't stress that enough he's been there he's done it and elvin evans has kind of been there in the shadows of sebastian Ogier winning most of these titles as well he's been there in a world rally car and just it, it's really taken a while for elvin evans to get to this level but in his first year with toyota he's really proven what he's been working towards and it's uh, it's just been really really special to, to to watch that today so at the end of the day how do they sit well it's danny sordo super sub himself you know danny sordo the third driver at hyundai of course hyundai have two full-time cars for oitanak and for thierry neuville um and then they have a third car which is rotated between a number of drivers either sebastian loeb uh, craig breen or um danny sordo and danny you could argue that Danny on his limited appearances this year has actually outperformed the two full-time drivers, or at least one of them anyway. So Danny Sordon, what had been a really tough day today, he leads the rally by just one second from Esapeka Lapi, who interestingly on the final stage of the day went back to the rain tyre, so didn't use the winter tyre. Now I think 
That is because he wants to keep the... Well, he did. He said as much, he said. He wants to save the winter tyres for tomorrow, just in case there's the snow. And there's a likelihood that that will be the case. But also remember is that Espekalapi had been the first guy to move onto the winter tyres, so he'd been the first to obviously work into his allocation. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out uh, tomorrow. And actually... But sitting a second behind Danny Sordo, who's obviously right there in the fight. Sebastian Oje sits in third, just 12 seconds off the leader Sordo, with Elvin Evans sitting perfectly poised in fourth place right now. 17.1 seconds behind Sordo, just 5.1 seconds behind Oje. But Evans has got a wee bit of trouble from behind because Oitanak is back on the charge again. Oitanak sits in fifth, 17.7 seconds off the leader Danny Sordo, but Oitanak just six tenths of a second behind Elvin Evans. So this that could play a factor in the points. Of course, Tanak will just be wanting to go for the win. He'll just be wanting to bag as many points as possible. Now also remember that the Manufacturers Championship, there's actually less of a gap in the Manufacturers Championship than there is in the Drivers' Championship. Crazy. The Manufacturers Championship, there are just seven points between Hyundai, the leaders, and Toyota. So, obviously, we have Sordo in the Toyo in the Hyundai, sorry, in first, and we have Tanak in fifth, who is also in the Hyundai. In the Toyotas, we have OJ and Evans, who are third and fourth. So it is so, so close between those guys. And tomorrow, I think tomorrow is going to be the big day where we get the moves and the shakes. It's going to be fascinating. Join us again uh, over the weekend for more coverage of ACI Rally Monza. It's been a fantastic event so far and can't wait to see what happens in the stages tomorrow. Looking forward to chatting to you then. Goodbye.